Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 255, recording this live election day in Canada. That is the day, in fact, where we elect our next prime minister. That's October 19th, 2015. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada and also from the company FOCO, foco foco.co. We're so close, Asif, to knowing exactly what we do, (laughs) foco.co. There you go. Ah, Just need a little focus and you're going to be there. We need some foco on focus. Yes, exactly. No, I'm I'm, I'm joking. We we know what we do. All right. Joining me as usual, but not from his usual spot. No, this is Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association in Disney. Come on. Yes, I have my Disney... Magic Band on here, and uh, yeah, no, I'm just here speaking at a conference that happens to be held on the Disney property, and so this is my only way I can get in. So, um, what's yeah. the hotel? What, what hotel are you staying at? The Grand Floridian. The Grand Floridian sounds good. Never been here before. Don't know anything about it. No, no, but isn't that? They the did best tell me on check-in though, like that uh, the fireworks are visible from here. So that's all I got to know. It doesn't matter. Fireworks are on the field for you, buddy. Fireworks yeah. on the field. They're yeah. not in the air. They're man. They're on the television set somewhere, somewhere yeah. watching something. So. But I, I have. Um, isn't that band the most amazing thing ever? For those of you out there who have not been to Disney, go just because of the band, because it is the most seamless mobile commerce experience you will ever have. It is amazing. It's like a it's little great. world. I, I've used it to to unlock my hotel room door. Yeah. I've used it to pay for lunch so far. Yeah. Um, and we'll see what else we get into. You're in the probably next gonna step. have to buy your kids a bunch of stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. So the way that it works, in fact, is that you you tap it, it, it you tap it to all the payment mechanisms. There's little payment places right next to everything. It also is how you get into the parks and on the rides, and also how you uh, reserve your your rides if you've done that. If you've done the reserve uh, ride reserves, um, but it, then at the end of your stay, they just present you with a bill. So I see people walking out of Disney, like I said, when we went there, like with stuff that they should just never have bought. And they just must have gotten sticker shock when they walked out uh, with, with this massive bill. But it saves on all the transactions and sales are up because the friction to reach in and get your credit card out doesn't give you a moment. There isn't a moment's thought where you think, I'm not going to buy this. Because anytime you put a moment of pause into a purchase people back away but this just is like i'm spending bing 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 yeah. bing if i had two on yeah, my it's, wrist it's pretty crazy like when you check in and they say oh here's your thing and uh we've linked your credit card to it mr khan and oh, yeah. uh, it's authorized for two thousand dollars like, go okay. good yeah thanks but, but they don't settle it out until until your last <laughs> no. day there right so i know you know the problem with settling it every time was also there was credit card fees and transactions so basically disney is floating you the money when you buy all that stuff yeah it's crazy without interest all right, well, that's not the show. We are here to do the show. Asif, before we get into it, uh, what are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about uh, not the elections, uh, not baseball at this moment, because it's still going on, but just... We're talking about... Just, just a couple quick uh, events yeah. uh, that we're uh, involved in coming up. Obviously, Retail Local is this week, uh, Thursday and Friday. Um, I won't say much more about that. We've been talking about it, but just go to retaillow.co if you want to figure out more about that and uh, you haven't, for whatever reason, got your ticket yet. Um, On October the 25th, that is next week, uh, I will be in Las Vegas for the Money 2020 conference, the huge behemoth, biggest payments conference on the planet, like 10,000 plus people. I'll be there and uh, excited about that. Sure you are. uh, 
Yeah. And then the same week, at the end of the week, I will be flying from Las Vegas to Atlanta for Mobility Live, uh, one of the biggest uh, mobile events that happens annually in Atlanta. Looking forward to that one as well. Uh, and then on the 29th, I won't be there, but the LVMA's Amsterdam chapter is hosting a meetup called Mobile Loyalty and Location, uh, sponsored and hosted by our good friends at Adobe in Amsterdam. So uh, that is what's going on. You can find out about all of these and more at thelbma.com forward slash events. So the, the most important part of that whole thing was something that you omitted, which is the party for Retail Loco. Where is yes. that party that we should be sending people to? Uh, the party is at uh, a bar called John Barleycorn in Chicago on Kinsey Street. And uh, and who happens to be playing? The Hot Sauce Committee, God. the best band ever. The best bar band on the planet. Yeah. If you're going to come to Retail Loco, just come for that. No, no, no. I mean, come for yeah. the whole thing. But Thursday for... night. Yeah. The hot After sauce all committee. the talking's done and the pr presentations are done, there's just a party. There is just, and they're worth it. They're and worth Rob it. Rob will be up on stage with the band making it happen yeah i'll be i'll be up there dancing i, I you know I, I dislocated my shoulder so it's a little sore oh yeah yeah okay All but right. uh if you stick around to the end of this episode and you will see a good four minute clip of the hot sauce committee that i recorded last year um and doing the uh you know the history of rap part one it's amazing anyway all right, okay. so we got 10 great stories to see, uh, five, uh, five industry items and five member items and a great resource, which is right up my fucking alley, right? Absolutely. Oh, yes, baby. All right. I get to swear on this show. Calm down, Rob. Calm down. Uh, do you want me to start this thing off? Is there anything else we have to talk about? Two, uh, that's no? it. Okay. Well, I'm going to start this thing off with, uh, with the very first thing. It's a story about Pinterest. Have you heard of this company, Pinterest? Have you heard of this company? I think yeah. it's a quiet company. It's big with the women. Yes, it's big with the women, but now it's going to be big with location. So yes. they recently announced uh, place pins, or they, they announced place pins a while ago, but it was an option where you could actually opt, opt in to tie location to the photos that you're uploading or taking, uh, or pinning, I suppose is the, the proper word because it's called Pinterest. But now, starting this very week, they're actually applying location to every pin that you put up there. I'm not sure if you have to opt out of this or not, but every pin that you post to Pinterest will now have a location component to it. And this is obviously huge for the location industry because it will have all these helpful details like phone numbers and addresses and store hours and the things that I've come to rely on so very much on Google Maps, right? As we talked about a while ago, the map is becoming the operating system. When I want to know when something's open, I don't Google it. I don't look up their own website. I don't look at Home Depot's website. I look at Google Maps and it is very, very, very easy and effective. And now, you can do this on Pinterest with 7 billion pins. All of them will have their location. Uh, they'll have a review of what's on the map. They'll have a. Uh, they'll obviously have photos. And when you click onto those locations, you'll get a detailed event of other, a detailed, um, you know, rundown of other people that have been there, other photos from that place. And then uh, even further, they're stretching it out there. You'll be able to see what's around it. You'll be able to see if there's restaurants or things to do around it. So this is really the beginning of, of uh, location as the operating system for Pinterest. I can't believe that it's taken this long to actually get this far with location on Pinterest because it's so everything about Pinterest is contextual. And then when we start talking about uh, my fifth story here, which is around move loot, you start to see how this can work really well with Pinterest about location and uh, and things that you're, you want to buy from different places. But, uh, you know, for now, it's Pinterest. Place pins 
are automatically adding location to location data to those pins. Uh, anything that you pin on, on good stuff. Numbers. And I think it's important to point out too for our good friends, uh, Rob's best friend, Foursquare. Foursquare, yes. Uh, that uh, all of this location data that Pinterest is is affixing to these pins is coming from Foursquare. Foursquare. It's crazy. Uh, so all, so Foursquare is licensing all their backend data, all their information about the tips and the hours and all that stuff is coming from them. Same thing, by the way, Twitter uses also Foursquare's background data. So, hey, maybe these guys have a revenue stream somewhere. Well, you know what? I, I would be interested to see if maybe this is a fodder for acquisition. Now, we know that Twitter is going through this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. They've just found a new CEO, an old new CEO. Um, but I wonder if maybe Pinterest, you know, with uh, with uh, Foursquare, it seems now I'm looking at this thinking this seems like a logical marriage now. Yes. Wow. Twitter, maybe not so much. Pinterest? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's a question I'll ask this week. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's going to be go. the Pinterest. It's going to be the uh, Foursquare show. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Jump into the second story. Second story over to Australia uh, and where Westfield, the big uh, mall property owner company, has teamed up with ComBank, that's C-O-M-M -M Bank, uh, one of the biggest banking groups uh, in uh, in Australia. And this is interesting. So um, obviously a lot of these mall property owners have been putting beacons and Wi-Fi and all sorts of things in, in their properties and testing things. So this time uh, they're running a pilot. Uh, in the Westfield Hornsby uh, Mall, where if you are a ComBank customer, you have the ComBank app. Using that app, and only that app, um, as you're wandering around the mall, offers will be presented to you from uh, a selection of 20 specialty retailers, including Floris, uh, McDonald's, uh, Country Road, Meyer, Chmart, uh, some of these stores I've never heard of because they're Australian, obviously. But uh, yeah, so it's based on personal preferences and your location in the mall. Uh, it uses a combination of things. So uh, beacons, Wi-Fi, even digital screens are blended into this. Uh, and this trial is running until December 31st. Um, and uh, the cool thing about this, I think, is that uh, ComBank app doesn't know anything about you, really. It only uses your device ID and its proximity to the beacon. Uh, you have to tell it um, your preferences and such uh, through the app. So it's not using any uh, any other historical data or anything like that. Um, and uh, ComBank, uh, for those who are interested, uh, has 3.9 million downloads of their app. So there's a pretty big install base to take advantage of here. And uh, I like this because it means that uh, you know there's there's good reach uh, already built in uh, potential reach into this platform. So there you go. You have to answer that. No. <laughs> no I just denied it. Deny that sucker. The That's what, exactly. Yeah. See, there was a use case for the Apple Watch right there. We're in the middle yeah. of the podcast. The seat gets called, and he just has to hit. Bing. Boom. Gone. So whoever that was, you yeah. are dismissed if you're calling at five twenty-five Eastern on Tuesday evening. Monday Done. evening, Monday the 19th. Yeah. So there you so go, ComBank and Westfield. All right. Well, uh, you know, now now to the fun, some fun stories to see if I've never, I haven't tried this, but there certainly is a, a no shortage of packaged apps. And what I mean by that is like curated uh, environments like Birchbox and all these different uh, companies that are starting to give you curated experiences. And they're all done through mobile apps predominantly. But here, here's a company called uh, Swig Labs that uh, they have an app and they have an extension to that app right now and it's called Drink Easy. And ultimately, see that? I had a fly coming at me. It was attacking me, a fly. So 
Drink Easy is... He was coming in to drink your blood. Maybe. He was, I think so. <laughs> like the last vestiges is minus eight outside here in mm. Ottawa today. And it was snowing yesterday. And I can't believe I have a fly that's attacking me in my own home. Anyways, back to Drink Easy. And I haven't had a drink, but Drink Easy is a uh, it's a mobile service that curates some of uh, some craft spirits. That's whiskey and gin and bourbons, and these are not uh, not alcohols that are available bottles that are available in your local store. These are pretty rare bottles, and they curate these and they give you a little bit of information about them. They give you the you know what it is, a little bit of background on it, some photos, some behind the scenes photos, all this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, um, some taste scales and all these things that you would expect. But they do it by text message. And it's a curated list that comes to you by text message. You sign up, you text drink local, and it actually, and you can sign up for it, which is 646-681-4442. And should you decide that you want to buy one of these bottles, they, they curate it. So they give you the curation. You, based on your choices of the things that you buy, they try to curate it even more. So they give you more of what you want, which is probably is very smart. Um, so, but if you decide you want to buy one, all you do is respond with a hell yes as your response. You text it to, to uh, a response to the text that they send you, and then they automatically uh, ship it to you. They debit your credit card, and they go and uh, and, and ship it to you, and then and it, that's what happens. It's very simple. It's an easy thing to do. This is actually pretty cool uh, when it comes to just leveraging text and no app, and it is a uh, simple, simple, simple service, and you can actually get to them. I think it's at drinkeasy.com. Drink easy, no, drinkeasy.co. Drinkeasy.co. You can what sign up. Next, I, I don't know. Now this is this is pretty smart. Like it's you dial a bottle basically, and you just respond with hell yes. I like it. This is this is magic. Forget is the it magic. available everywhere? I don't think it is. I think um, I haven't found out or where. New York it, only. New York only. Okay. So it doesn't huh. help us. No. Screw I was going to say we could test it out at uh, at retail local, but we can't. forget it. Forget it. I don't recommend this service. Why? Or Chicago why? service. Why don't we? Why don't we ever get? Uh, this kind of stuff up here in Canada. It's too cold. Well, that's why I need delivery. You need delivery. I need delivery. I think you need to create one of these, Rob. Well, you know what? I I think so. I can't wait until I get uh, like grocery delivery up here. You know, right? Oh. Like, we need it more than anybody, right? Because we're about to enter what we call winter, and winter lasts for nine months. Come on, send me my booze. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. That's All righty. That's a third story. Go on to see if and take us our fourth story over to Japan across the ocean. We go again, and uh, this time uh, the tourism board in Hiroshima province has created something very very cool. Uh, it's called Onomichi the cat. Onomichi <laughs> the cat. So we we're all familiar with Google Street View, right? Well. Here we have Cat Street View. Come on. So so let me explain what this is. So Onomichi, it's a port town apparently 70 kilometers east of Hiroshima City. And it's known, it's famous, for the overwhelming number of cats and for being home uh, of the Maniki Niko Museum, which is a museum dedicated to the popular cat figurine that has some sort of bobbing paw and it's said to be a lucky talisman. This is what I know about this. Okay, I'm just reading here. People. You know too much already. Um, Cat Street View, <laughs> uh, it's called. So basically, it's like Google Street View, but from from the perspective of a cat. Um, and so you get the whole agility and movement and lower ground position of a cat uh, in a city that's famous for its cats. Um, they, they haven't said what kind of camera this is, but it's, uh, uh, all 360 degree view filming, uh, from the perspective of a cat. 
Uh, currently, there are uh, the routes include information on 28 local shops, seven landmarks, and 11 of the region's most famous cats are also uh, highlighted in this uh, in the content that is stored here. Um, and uh, you can navigate all of this using a paw-shaped cursor, um, oh and it's all there. So, uh, and it's apparently like this thing is just exploded. People are, are, are crazy are, about cats and the internet. Cat Street View, um, and so they're they're adding all sorts of more uh, landmarks and and more uh, routes and and whatever you can follow. But uh, yeah, check it out. Onomichi, that's spelled O N O M I C H I. Onomichi Cat Street View. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just stop the show there. When you're done with that, you need to drink easy. Oh my god! Hell yes! <laughs> oh. What that uh, you know what I don't know if it's it's so brilliant or just really I think ridiculous. it's brilliant actually I do because it's known for the cats and and you know you know what goes well with the internet cats cats yeah. and the internet are, are like are one are one that's what all my Instagram feed is basically cats drives me crazy there you go all right and you know who does most of the cat posting do you know who it is Whirly <laughs> Whirly <laughs> come on buddy. Yeah. Now, and when you when your cat's done ripping up your furniture, oh yes. Why don't you sell it and forget Craigslist? Yeah. The problem with selling inform selling information. The problem with selling furniture, used furniture, is that you have to typically either pick it up or drop it off. Right? Like that sucks. Like, I just want it out. Come and get it, and then ultimately what you do is you put it out in the front of your lawn, and somebody takes it anyways. Right? So there are people who will do this. Now here is a company called Move Loot. M-O-V-E-L-O-O-T dot com. Move Loot. And what they do, what their original business is, very much is about taking your stuff and selling it for you. And it also allows stores who don't have a physical location to actually, or a digital location, they have a physical location, but to take their stuff and sell it for you through their website, moveloot.com. Now, what they've done now is they've included this ability to, they actually pick up or deliver the product for you which is insane. So say you want to sell that couch after your cat has clawed the crap out of it. You don't want to be responsible for actually delivering it. So what MoveLoot will do is that you take a photo of it with their app and you send it to them and they'll do, take quickly take do an assessment on value and sellability and all that kind of stuff. And if they choose that product, they'll take that product, they'll pick it up from your house. They'll schedule a time and they'll bring a truck and they'll pick it up and they'll take it to their warehouse. They'll clean it. They'll primp it. They'll take a beautiful photo for you. They'll put it up on their website and then they'll store it. Somebody buys it. Guess what they do with it? Oh my God. They deliver it to them. And then you, after seven days, get a notification of how much money you get. Now you don't get the full value. They determine what the price is. You can agree or not agree to the price. And that happens before they pick it up, obviously. But say you decide that's fine. They give you seven days after the sale. They tell you how much you're going to get. And then seven days later, you actually get it to do it as you wish. wish as you wish. This is this is pretty amazing to be able to do. It's all location-based. It's all like you should see how they do their, uh, their scheduling of the truck and the pickups and the infrastructure and the warehousing. But it, it is a beautiful thing when people pick up or deliver the stuff. Because if you've ever bought stuff on, on Craigslist, like I hate that I have to go. I did this with my sister. She, she bought a mantelpiece and I had to drive, we had to drive like down Orleans, which is far from where we are, just to go pick up a $10 mantle. The mantle is beautiful, worth far more than $10, but I think I spent $30 in gas to get it. So if they deliver, this is an amazing, amazing thing. So if you want some more information and where the cities are, like I think it's probably just San Francisco. 
uh, that does this. I can tell you in a second, but you can go to moveloot.com, M-O-V-E loot.com. And yeah, it's, it's only San Francisco. Brilliant. Yeah, but it's only San Francisco. I want to, I want to sell something here and see if they'll pick it up from Ottawa. <laughs> Probably not, eh? Probably yeah. not at all. But that's it. So moveloot.com. Very cool story. So there you have it. That was the, the the final piece to Pinterest, right? So if you think about Pinterest and place pins and, and selling stuff and then having it stored and having it cleaned and primped and sold for you and then delivered, you can you can do that through through Pinterest. I think that MoveLoot should talk to print Pinterest, obviously, about doing that. But I know that Shopify, Ottawa's own Shopify, now does the buy bins for Pinterest and Twitter and Facebook. And they just partnered with Uber on, on delivery. Yeah, they're becoming the commerce button. All right, those are the five stories of the week for the industry news. Now we have a great resource, and then Asif is going to follow up with the member news. And this resource is right up my freaking alley, right, Asif Khan? It is indeed. Oh, okay. So I swore a little bit earlier, and it, it was with good intention because there is a survey that was done based uh, in 2013 and 2014 um, where uh, linguist Jack Grieve uh, looked at almost 9 billion tweets between those two years to map out America's swear usage. And then he actually mapped it out on the lower 48 sta states uh, and where and what swear word most people are most apt to apt to use in those states. Uh, my goodness. So um, there is some good numbers here. And uh, I'll tell you, the most popular uh, swear word seems to be uh, well, you know what? I, I think it's like the most used swear word might be bitch. I, I don't know if it's a swear word or not. Uh, but I would say that the highest concentration are the Midwest and the and Northeast and some moving, moving into the South States. Bitch is very strong, uh, but it's very strong. I think that the people that swear the most are the Southern States along the Eastern Seaboard and Florida. So you were in the middle of the swear capital, right? So they are there. Like Florida is, is big with fuck. So is all the Bay Area and into Mexico and uh, and Texas and all the way up the East Coast. It's like it envelops the country. If you're looking at the map of the United States, it's like fuck envelops the country all nicely around it. And then <laughs> shit is shit is just really along the eastern seaboard and over to the Gulf states. Um, and then, uh, oh, I'm not even going to say that word. That's not a word that anybody should say. So I'm not even going to say that word. <laughs> I won't even say that on this. Steve. But uh, bitch is very much, again, Gulf states, Florida. Bitch is big. Right. Bitch is big, and then but it's dominant if you go if you look up throughout most of uh, the U.S. And then asshole just has a, a smattering, right? Uh, very strong, uh, you know. It's up by the Canadian border and then in the Northeast, um, and then through the central states again. But uh, this is fascinating. This is how we use. This is how we use it. This is how we use it. Uh, Eastern. Uh, this is the swear words based on nine billion tweets between 2013 and 2014. That's a great resource. Should we put this up? Will you put this up on the research? Uh, Absolutely. TheLBMA.com forward slash. We don't discriminate research. from uh, the, you do the not. research content or the source. Now, there's some words. like So, um, one, two. There's only three, four, five words here that, that are highlighted here. But the third one, I don't like Not a lot of people say it. But those do are uh, typically up in the Northeast. You'll have to find out what that is. But it's not a word I would ever say. No way. Not so much. Thank you, Asif, for letting me do that. I got to swear for free. No no swear jar for me this time. No. All right. So, Asif, we got the uh, five uh, big member news, and uh, there's some big uh, big uh, news items here. Uh, lots yeah. of acquisitions and, uh, and you know, gearing up for uh, Retail Loco. So let's, uh, let's talk about the members. 
Yeah, so I'll whip through this. Uh, first up, uh, one of our uh, indoor location platform companies, Retail Next, has made an acquisition. They have acquired a company called Picato. That is spelled P-I-K-A-T-O. Uh, and this is interesting, right? Because uh, Retail Next, like uh, you know, Shopper Track or iInsight or any of these guys, you know, that are there really to kind of look at the traffic flow patterns and dwell time and the movements of people in, in retail and in store environments. Um, it's one thing to have all that data. It's another thing to be able to actually act on that data and, and do something with it. So Picado is a platform that can ingest data from all kinds of different places, CRM data, web traffic data, social media data, and obviously indoor uh, you know, location movement data. And then it, it enables you to create personalized messaging in response to that data. So, uh, so this is cool to see that, you know, the, the company that is, or one of the companies that's in this sort of the indoor location space is actually also kind of, uh, you know, now acquiring technology to, to enable the messaging, uh, the reactive side to that, uh, or the action side of, of, uh, of having that data. So there you go. Retail Next acquires Picato, P-I-K-A-T-O. All right, second story. Uh, well, there's a company uh, that uh, we've uh, worked with over the years called Sim Partners, S-I-M Partners, and they uh, announced uh, a relationship with a retailer named Shoe Carnival. Shoe Carnival, if you don't know them, it's a U.S. retailer, 400-plus uh, uh, retail stores across the U.S., and uh, have really uh, focused on changing what they're doing with local search uh, marketing. So this is a, you know, a, a very, very hot space at the moment, um, you know, sort of how people uh, leverage uh, what's going on in local search. So here you have uh, a platform for cleansing, distributing uh, local store information, including the information Rob was talking about earlier, store hours and, uh, and things like that. Um, and passing or parsing that data through to online directories and maps and, and, and search engines. And so uh, what's cool about this is it's not just the cleansing of the data and the distribution of the data, but it's also the unique content on a store-by-store -store basis that is served up based on those search results. Uh, and in addition to that, there's a, um, a commerce piece to this. So they have something called the Velocity Wallet, which um, can then push out offers uh, in the mobile commerce framework. So this is online we're talking about now. You, you jumped onto Google, you've done a search for Shoe Carnival, it finds the closest one near you. And presents localized content, uh, you know, to that store. So very, very powerful stuff. Um, and it, interesting in the in the news release. Uh, I don't want to dwell on this because we're supposed to be whipping through these things. But they they, they did highlight an interesting stat, which is um, mobile on-page interactions have increased by more than two hundred percent in the, in the thir in first thirty days that this thing was running. And Google um, uh, also says that, um, based on, on, on looking at their search terms data, that words like near me, closest, and nearby um, are uh, commonly accessed uh, billions of times a month in, in, in their monthly queries on, on Google search. Billions of times a month. So, you know, that, that importance of not just focusing on what's going on out here in the mobile world and in the store world, but in the search world uh, is really important too. And I know we have a, a whole panel that will address that as well um, in uh, every total loco. There you go. Third story. This is a really quick one. 
You might remember Rob and I talked about Niantic Labs uh, over the last little while, and uh, this is the company that spun out of Google doing uh, originally the Ingress uh, gaming platform, and then more recently we talked about them announcing Pokemon Go. Rob's uh, excited about that. Oh His kids God. are pumped about it. Uh, which Stop is, talking uh, about it, Asif. A, a little uh, <laughs> wristband kind of thing, uh, uh, but it's for Pokemon, uh, where you can play Pokemon in the real world. Well, guess what? Uh, they have raised $20 million in a Series A with money, uh, the, the investment coming from Pokemon itself, uh, Google, and Nintendo. Uh, and, and based on certain performance, uh, they could get another $10 million from those guys as well. So, uh, so it looks like whatever they're doing is working. Uh, Pokemon Go is a go. And they've got twenty million bucks to uh, to make it happen. Oh my lord! Save yep. us! Save us! <laughs> so there you go. Yep. Christmas can't come soon enough oh. for, in the Woodbridge uh, house. <laughs> oh, I don't have anything to do with that. All right, back over to Canada for story number four, and this time uh, our friends at PepsiCo, specifically the Tostitos uh, division, Tostitos, good chips. Um, they've launched a pretty cool Twitter campaign. So it's uh, if you. Um, Tweet to the hashtag, or sorry, tweet to the uh, to the uh, at Tostitos Canada um, uh, hashtag, and and you put an ingredient in there. So you go at Tostitos Canada, and then put something like mozzarella hashtag mozzarella, and then hashtag open up the fun, which is the hashtag for this campaign. They come back to you within minutes uh, with a recipe uh, that blends Tostitos and the ingredient that you posted there. In this case, mozzarella. So they'll come back with a recipe for Tostitos Buffalo Mozzarella Bites. Wow. Uh, I'm hungry. Like that, that sounds good. Yeah. So there's all sorts of things like this. Uh, this this recipe generator that's sitting behind it. You can also go to tostitos.ca and, and allrecipes.com uh, to see how this integration works. But uh, it's pretty cool. And it, it, like a number of things. I've seen examples where you use where you hashtag Brie or you hashtag, you know, whatever. Uh, and it comes back with... Uh, with spam? With, can you, with, I'm going to hashtag Spam. All sorts of stuff. Give it a shot. See what Spam. they get. Um, so there you go. Uh, check it out. It's uh, just go to um, Tostitos hashtag Canada. Open Up the Fun uh, and Tostitos Canada, and you'll see all this happening uh, around. So there you go. And our final story. Uh, this is another acquisition. Gimbal, uh, the big uh, beacon company, a big indoor company on the hardware side, uh, has made an acquisition of a company called Fidgetal. Uh, this is spelt. P-H-I-G-I-T-A-L, Fidgetal. And uh, this is interesting because um, obviously Gimbal's well-known for their hardware, probably the biggest player in, in, in Beacon hardware on the planet at the moment. And Fidgetal is a, uh, a software platform uh, for uh, creating um, on-the-fly, customized uh, messaging. So not unlike you know what we just talked about with uh, Retail Next taking indoor data, and blending it with a uh, sort of uh, communications platform. Similar thing is happening here, but in this case, tied specifically to Gimbal's hardware, the ability to to create now the the messaging that the beacons push out. Um, and it's this is rich messaging, so it's not just um, you know here's a little text message or here's a, a URL. It could be anything. Uh, so it could be um, uh, videos. It could be uh, any sort of creative content. Um, and uh, it's a full creative suite, in fact, uh, is what Fidgetal brings to the table. So nice little acquisition here. It seems like you know these guys are uh, you know, moving down that horizontal uh, chain a little bit. And, Isn't that uh, what uh, they partnered to do with like, Urban Airship with them? Uh, yeah, but uh, 
and, and Urban Airship actually responded to this saying, uh, you know, they, they like this. They think it's, it's great and, and that the combination of, uh, of Fidgetal and Urban Airship and Gimbal will, be, uh, will, will, will fit nicely together. So. Cool. cool, cool, cool. And that's it for the five stories. That's it. That's all I got. There was like, uh, you know, I, I misread Pikachu, 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 as Pikachu. And, uh, <laughs> and I saw Pokemon in there and Fidgetal. Oh, anyways. Fidgetal. Yeah. Fidgetal. Pikachu. How do you say that? Pikachu? 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 Picado is how I pronounce uh, Picado. it. Picado. See, that's, I just, uh, every other way I said it, except for that one. Picado. 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 I'm not as sophisticated as you. Picado. 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 Well, there you have it. Ten stories. Five things yeah. around the industry. Five member news items. A resource that allowed me to swear. Yes. Beauty. Swear on the air. I got one more thing. Like, I read this great book this evening, and then we can wrap it up with uh, with a little bit of music. A little bit of music that you will love. Um, and it was, it's a book by David McCullough, who, uh, who wrote something about the Wright brothers. It's called the Wright brothers. This is, this is, this is a, a book literally about, uh, Wilbur and Orville Wright and, uh, their Wright flyer and their first flight and, and around Kitty Hawk and about how they, they evolved. And, and, uh, I, I, this came with high, high, high recommendations to me and I can't recommend it high enough as well. It's a great story about the perseverance of entrepreneurship. It like took mm. nine years to get in front of people where they actually thought that flight was possible with humans. And when you think about it, it was around 1909, 1910, where it started to take off and there was companies that started to build planes or airships. And uh, that was a hundred years ago. And you think about how far we've come. One of the greatest anecdotes that I read about this from the book was that Neil Armstrong took a little bit of the, the very first um, flying machine from Kitty Hawk and took it up with him onto the moon, which I thought was uh, which was very 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 cool. So high recommendations for the Wright brothers, uh, and it's uh, David McCullough who's written a bunch of stuff, including the history, which I can't wait to get into, of the uh, Golden uh, uh, yeah, the Golden Gate Bridge. So the history of the Golden Gate Bridge, I think, is what it is. So uh, yeah, the Wright brothers, David McCullough, can't wait. Good book. That's my book recommendation. See if you got anything else. That's it, man. Disney baby. Thank you now. All right. Mickey's waiting. Mickey's waiting. Uh, so uh, no baseball today uh, talk, but uh, I know that Asif is a little bit nervous about his Blue Jays down 0-2 at this point. So um, they're playing tonight. We don't want to. We don't want to just go with it. Just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. They were down 0-2, and then they came back and won against Texas. A little bit of magic for you. I. I mean, my season's been over since when? Like three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Maybe four yeah. weeks ago. You know Ian Schaefer? Remember, you know Ian Schaefer? Yeah, right? I know yeah. Ian. Yeah. Big, if he's listening to this, hopefully maybe he is, but big Mets fan. And I follow him on, on Instagram. And uh, and he's at every game. And he is a guy that is a huge Mets fan. So for him, I'm hoping that the Mets win. For my friend Jay Weir, I'm hoping that the Cubs win. Uh, now, I don't have any affiliation with Kansas City Royals. So uh, you know what? Uh, for, for my friend Asif and, and Miv and all those other guys that follow the Jays when they were crappy, um, well, we'll see. We'll see what they do tonight. We'll see what happens. And we will be in, in Chicago later this week uh, as the Cubs are trying to uh, make it happen. So we'll see. Oh, my goodness. Tickets? Is that what you're saying? You're getting tickets? I don't know. I, maybe for you, Rob. I, I, I can't break away from my, uh, my event to do that. If I'm not, if I'm not there, it, you'll know why. Yes, we'll know where you are. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. I once went to a a, a conference on uh, entrepreneurship and angel investing in uh, with the Kauffman Foundation in Kansas City, and uh, it just so happened at the very same time that my Montreal Expos were playing in Kansas City. And just like you, Asif, they got rained out the night that I was supposed to go that I had free. 
So then they were playing a makeup doubleheader the next day. And I thought, okay, I can miss a little bit of the conference. And I went to both games <laughs> and I missed the entire conference. Now, if it was the Cubs Jays in the World Series, then I'd have to say, you know, yeah, I'm conference. Uh, conference, you know, behold. This guy will be your uh, your MC for today. <laughs> this guy we pulled off the street, right? Rob and I will be at the uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All well, right. Well, that has been 255. If you are going to be in Chicago, I can't wait to see you and uh, have a good conversation around the things that I'm doing, the things that you're doing. It'd be great to, to catch up there. If you're not going to be in Chicago, boohoo. You suck. You suck, right? And the reason why is because these guys, the Hot Sauce Committee, are going to be playing there on Thursday night. I can't wait to see these guys again. Hopefully they live up to the billing. They're everywhere. So, Steve, unless you got anything else to say, let's uh, let's wrap this up with some uh, Hot Sauce Committee, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we'll see you guys uh, in Chicago. And if not, we'll be here for episode 256 next week. Thank you all for tuning in. And here is the History of Rap, part one with the Hot Sauce Committee. Asif, we'll see you in a couple of days, man. Later.
And you say he's just a friend Oh baby, clap your hands everybody If you got what